Hey guys, welcome to Backstage with Millionaires. I'm Caleb, your host, and today the guest that we have on the show is Dawal Kular. He's one of the co-founders and the CTO of a company called Praveg Dynamics, and what they've built is standing right behind me. This is the Extinction Mark I, which is a one-off prototype, uh, but the actual production model that they're going to be creating that you'll probably see on Indian roads by the end of 2021 is called the Extinction Mark II. So it's taken you guys a pretty long time to get to this point. I think it's been, what, like? Nine years. So we nine started years. Uh, back in 2011. Right, 2011. Okay. But back in 2011, was this what you had in mind? Was this the thing that you thought you would eventually end up building? Or was it something completely different? So, yeah, back in 2011, things were uh, different. And uh, back then, like nine years ago, like me and Siddharth, we were quite young. And, you know, it hadn't fallen into place to the level it is uh, today. So uh, initially, uh, we started out with uh, building uh, uh, off-road vehicles. So Siddharth, uh, he used to have a car, but it was, you know, it was a family hatchback. So not the perfect vehicle to do off-roading with. And uh, then we did uh, consider a lot of products uh, in the market, like, you know, Jeeps, Maruti, Gypsies, etc., etc. And good products, but really did not uh, bring the bills with us. Reasons being, uh, you know, they were kind of uncomfortable, kind of slow, and we wanted to fix that. So yeah, we started to, you know, let's just build what we want. Wow, that's that's a really unconventional approach to, uh, you know, solving a problem like that. I think most people would go the modification route. Maybe you'd buy a gypsy, you know, mod it so that it's a little bit more able to handle off-roading and stuff like that. But you guys just decided, hey, let's let's start from scratch, pretty much. Right. And uh, so, yeah, to be honest, like initially, we also thought that, okay, let's take something, modify it and, you know, make it work. But we always have uh, uh, dwelled deep into the fundamental that what is it doing and why are you doing? So, for example, if you take an existing vehicle, which is not at all nowhere uh, designed to do something which we intended to do, then, you know, results would be kind of meh, like, it, it, it won't be the best of any world. So this first uh, vehicle, uh, it's called Abiogenesis. And uh, so it's essentially a skeleton. It's a space frame with wheels, essentially. That's what it is. And two seats. And uh, we did uh, define, uh, like, what would be the seating positions where do, do, does the cargo goes and it's in that vehicle it's more like there there is a specific cargo space and like the entire body work is like you know you can uh, tie down cargo wherever you want it has a rollover uh, uh, hoop so that in case things went south you know we'll still be there to tell the story but thankfully nothing like that happened although yeah a few unintended crash tests did happen came out, okay, we are still alive, so yeah. It sounds like it was more of just like a hobby project at that point. Like, were you guys working? You had jobs as well on the side and you were kind of building this thing on the weekends or? Right, right. And then what was the moment where you decided that let's take this from being a hobby to actually kind of creating a a company? So uh, when this first vehicle was built, uh, of course, initially a few uh, issues were there with the vehicle. And we fixed those and uh, we realized that, you know, it's it's not that difficult to build a vehicle. And, you know, it was, uh, it was something which we had uh, created and we were driving around 
off-roading in it, reaching speeds of up to 120 kilometers an hour in that thing. So yeah, it it really did boost our confidence that okay, this is something which is doable, and yeah. you know, this is something which we understand. So in fact, at that point, uh, after that vehicle was done, uh, we decided to start working on a, a low-slung sports car, a track car. So one one a uh, critical uh, uh, challenge for us has been uh, finding places to test our vehicles so you know it's not very easy to find places in india where you can test a low slung uh, sports car with barely 2 inches of ground clearance at this point in time did you guys have a long term vision like did you did you know that it would end up everything would end up sort of culminating in the extinction mark 2 or were you still kind of just testing the water seeing what you guys were even capable of one thing we realized early on is mobility is a basic uh, human need so of course like today you know thanks to the internet it's it reduces a lot of uh, mobility needs but still at the end of the day as a race without mobility we are nothing what we wanted to do back then since back then uh, has always been to improve uh, mobility solutions by as much as we can and to simplify things to to make in a way uh, in in many cases our philosophy has also been uh, less is more that you know you do more with less and along the way uh, resources have been uh, limited so so for example if you talk about this vehicle so the bodywork that you see so all of this was uh, done uh, in house and this is the first vehicle which this is our first prototype which actually has curves on the exteriors So yeah, like uh, we did not have a lot of experience on this, and of course, like even today, like uh, you know, there there are things which can be improved. But yeah, we figured things out. Uh, we uh, developed uh, uh, some processes which helped us achieve this. And then uh, after that uh, vehicle, this uh, this sports car, what what came after that? Did you guys go straight from that to the Extinction Mark One, or were there a couple of different iterations along the way? So between uh, these prototypes. Uh, So there have been uh, three more uh, prototypes that we have been working on. So uh, one of them again is a, a track-oriented vehicle, and uh, it's super low-slung. It weighed it weighs around uh, 200 kilograms, and again it is a flexible platform, and it, it's more like a kind of like a go-kart with suspension, and super fun to drive, and it's good to understand. It's super good to understand dynamics, like how, for example, how do tires interact with the ground how weight shift works and it's a small it's a it's a small uh, fun vehicle so yeah that was uh, there after that uh, we decided so one one of the key things uh, for automotives is uh, reliability long term re- reliability and we really needed to start uh, building prototypes which can go through a lot of abuse and uh, like making cars for the roads it's it's good but you know like in india it is a bit tricky to have uh, uh you know you, you really cannot uh, just build a vehicle on your own and start driving it around so so yeah, which left us with uh, the option of uh, building off road vehicles uh, one of the uh, first vehicles we built on these lines was uh, the T-Rex T-Rex is essentially built uh, it's it's built uh, uh, on FIA T1 uh, regulations so essentially you can uh, take it to Dakar rally tomorrow and you know it will pass scrutiny and you can go and uh, so this was uh, primarily due to so uh, motorsports they have a lot of uh, uh, safety standards 
and those safety standards are much much uh, 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 stringent than what you'll have on a road-going car. So, you know, those safety standards uh, take into account uh, what happens if your vehicle falls off a cliff while doing great the Himalaya. So, yeah, that, that allows us a safe uh, cocoon uh, for the test drivers, which was me and Siddharth. To, uh, and, uh, yeah, this vehicle also had uh, adjustable suspension, both front and back, double wishbone in the front, multi-link at the back and uh, we could change the setup, we could change the brake bias, we could also change the weight distribution again. And, uh, you know, we could, this vehicle you can drive at uh, to 160 kilometers an hour on the highway. And uh, if you're brave enough at similar speeds uh, in off-road conditions as well. So, and off-roading, it puts up a lot of stresses on the vehicle. And this vehicle, we, we broke a lot of parts, honestly. And uh, while designing and executing these vehicles, and also while uh, you know uh, making the test plans, so we had to be careful about you know like in a way you can tell that you know if you build something you can tell what the weak link is or what what might break sometimes, and most of the times you are right that okay this will break, and it helps so that you know say you're driving off roading at 80 kilometers an hour on an unknown road and something breaks, so you need to know what to expect. If that thing breaks, say a rear suspension uh, link breaks, what happens and so yeah, it, it helps. So you've, at this point, I think, what is it now? Like you've built six or seven vehicles at this point before even the Extinction Mark One comes into the picture? Yeah, Mark One is in fact the sixth uh, prototype. The sixth, yeah. okay, yeah. And so this is this is serious, right? Like everything else that you had built up until this point, obviously a lot of time, a lot of energy, uh, money, you know, has gone into these vehicles, but I don't think the plan with those vehicles was ever to actually mass produce them, right? It was right. just sort of like uh, one-off prototypes, whereas the Mark, even the Mark 1 is obviously a prototype, right? But it's sort of paving the way for the Mark 2, which is going to be like, I think there's going to be, what is it, in the first year you, you were planning on producing something like 2,600, was that the right number? 2,500 vehicles. 2,500, uh -huh. exactly. So um, that's going to be a big deal, right? So what all went into the Mark I from all of those tests before it? Um, and also, what are the ways in which you've actually innovated on top of those learnings with the Mark I? Our previous prototypes being off-road vehicles, and uh, most off-road vehicles, they do not have a flat underbelly. You know, you'll have things like uh, a transfer case or something or the other, propeller shafts hanging down below. All of our vehicles since the beginning uh, have uh, had uh, independent uh, suspensions long travel suspensions and also uh, underbody shields, always. And uh, none of our off-road vehicles have ever been a four-wheel drive. And uh, we have uh, always uh, achieved uh, good results in terms of off-roading uh, with just a rear-wheel drive. And of course, uh, uh, parameters like weight distribution, where is the weight, where is the traction, uh, balance, uh, it, it is a balancing act, but yeah, uh, we always had uh, good results. And uh, the aforementioned underbody shields, they also, you know, we knew like down the line and we, we have always been looking at vehicles as a whole. You know, we have never focused on one specific portion of the vehicle to start with. Of course, like in the design process, you have to do this, but you start with the overall, with, you start with the bigger picture. And one thing we realized early on that for one of the secrets to good dynamics is you need to play your uh, weight right. It needs to be at the correct place. And uh, down the line, when we are making electric vehicles, so 
You know, it made sense to us that to have our battery packs under the floor. And this allowed us a very good opportunity to test out the underbody shields. And our off-road vehicles, uh, T-Rex, Exponent, these, these have a lot of battle scars on their underbellies. And, you know, you can have a look at their shields. They'll, they'll have deformations, but, you know, control deformations. And there are also critical uh, uh, systems installed behind these uh, shields on these prototypes as well. But yeah, they had a pretty good survival rate. So again, this is uh, this is one area which uh, worked, uh, which you know was uh, it is actually a very uh, critical uh, requirement for uh, Mark One, Mark Two, or any uh, EV that you might uh, uh, look at today. And uh, also uh, with respect to other areas like uh, body and white suspension. So, yeah, down the line, our earlier prototypes, you know, they worked, but so T1, for example, T-Rex, for example, it's, it's, it's a super hardcore uh, race machine, in a way, and you need to set it up, and it's really not built for, you know, NVH. It's a loud car. <laughs> and uh, Exponent, if you look at Exponent, it is, again, it's an aggressive machine, but uh, in terms of NVH, uh, there are a lot of improvements, so suspension noise is drastically reduced. And uh, similar, uh, so uh, on the sim on similar lines, uh, Mark One being an EV, like NVH was a big, big, big uh, concern. And honestly, like uh, we are still uh, improving a lot of things uh, for Mark Two, but uh, like the components that we select for uh, uh, for our suspension setups, and you know, it's it's a vehicle which it's it's a test bed for all our technologies. So you know, it's it's not a vehicle which we baby. Like we we drive her hard, uh, we drive her across various uh, terrains. We will we will be like at multiple. Like this one also has a lot of battle scars on her underbelly, so the shields work. Now, has building the Extinction Mark One as an electric car has that actually been a difficult part of the of the sort of design process and the production process? The way you package a vehicle that uh, plays a huge role, and uh, in Mark One the way the batteries are packaged or the electric motors are packaged or the cooling systems are packaged so you know it's it is it is uh, it is still a prototype but uh, it has still taken uh, taken huge leaps in terms of uh, uh, longevity and you know a lot of thought has uh, went into mark 1 with respect to so there are a lot of uh, boxes which needs to be ticked so for example you need good aerodynamics. You need uh, good efficiency. You need uh, you need the the vehicle to behave good in case it uh, uh, goes into a crash. And uh, there are uh, like uh, in emerg emergency event we like you know uh, we we demonstrated uh, uh, what happens when a lithium-ion cell explodes or it is ruptured. So. So yeah, you know, like th those are safety. Safety has been a, a huge uh, uh, a variable which uh, we have kept in mind. And uh, other than that, uh, NVH also plays a huge role. So where do we place our motors? How do we package? How do we maximize the space available for uh, for the passengers inside the vehicle? How do we uh, route the wirings? How do we uh, how and where do we place our uh, battery management systems? And being a prototype, this vehicle, so uh, an additional design constraint for this vehicle is uh, it needs to be pushed to the limits. Uh, 
and which is why you know the form factor it's a low slung uh, sports car many people tell us that the ground clearance is way too low but yeah there are uh, reasons for it and uh, inside the vehicle also uh, the way the interior is uh, laid out uh, things are packaged it, it allows us to swap a lot of parts so say we are using a specific uh, chipset for our uh, battery management system or uh, so or a specific connector and uh, it it allows us to uh, change things and try out different parts see what works better log data i wanted to also touch on this uh global ncap safety rating right um i'd read somewhere that it was suppose it's going to be the mark 1 might be rated at 5 and the mark 2 probably will be rated at 5 is that accurate yes okay it is accurate Wow. In fact, global NCAP uh, ratings to get a global NCAP rating, there are uh, certain thresholds that you have to absolutely have. And uh, but in fact, uh, Mark II would be surpassing most of them. Is that I mean, that must have come that must have been born out of all of the previous experience that you guys have with building these cars that like you had said, right, could potentially be tossed off a cliff and they need to be able to withstand that kind of accident right in a way yes and no so uh, <coughs> so for example uh, if i if i talk about uh, t-rex it has you know it has a rigid uh, roll cage and it has got uh, five point uh, seat belts so even if you are rolling down a cliff you know you are safely uh, safely uh, tucked in your seat you know you won't be crushed or anything but still the g forces and all that you experience would be high uh but in a uh, in a car you know it's not practical to have a five point uh, harness all the time you will be having a three point harness it's it's simply not practical nor uh, comfortable enough so of course like uh, mark 2 will be having a uh, seat belts with retainers a lot of airbags to cover all the sides and uh, yeah we also have a uh, crumple zones front and the back so having crumple zones are super important they play a very uh, important role in terms to in terms of uh, crash safety so so yeah like uh, for mark 2 we are uh, balancing uh, these areas out very nicely and also in our uh, uh, internal uh, simulations in the internal uh, crash tests that we do most of them uh, digitally uh, we follow uh, european encap uh, regulations for those tests and european encap regulations are one of the stringent in the world and as a result they have the safest cars in the world wow so this this is something that i think not a lot of indian car manufacturers are doing sort of implementing these international and specifically european safety standards into their vehicles so i think that's that's really great um but talking about the mark 2 you know i think a lot of people look at the mark 1 and they think oh that's like this is an accurate representation of what the mark 2 is going to be like but i think there's going to be a lot of changes right so maybe if you could touch on a couple of those what do you guys actually plan on doing differently with the mark 2 as with all provec vehicles the, the form it comes from function and this vehicle's form comes from its function that it is you know it is a one one of prototype it's a test bed for all our technologies and it's designed to push everything that goes inside it uh, mark 2 uh, as all of you are aware it's it's built uh, to be uh, working as a, a fleet vehicle and uh, of course this vehicle does not cut the count so mark 2 will uh, will be having uh, four doors it will be having uh, higher uh, ground clearances and it will be having uh, awesome nvh 
including a super awesome uh, audio system. That's very important for yeah. long rides. If you're going, for example, between the city and the airport here in Bengaluru. Right. So you're guaranteed to have a good time. You know, you won't be, you'll never be wasting time in a Mark II. So you're tired, you want to take a nap. Okay, you can do that. You are, you're, you want to listen to some good quality music. You can do that. You want to work on your laptop, your computer, your phone. You can do that. You want to charge your devices. You can do that. This is, there's another thing that, I, that I've read, uh, a lot of people have mentioned, which is the lights. I've seen a lot of comments about the lights. I personally am very fond of this strip across the front, um, but something that a lot of people have noted is that these these lights here, they feel like they're quite small for such a big vehicle, and like you you guys might not be able to tell just how big it is from watching it on a video, but like this thing is massive, right? So um, is there anything that you're going to do with the lights? Like, are you changing them at all for the Mark II? Yeah, lights, uh, in, in fact, uh, each and every surface that you see here, everything is being uh, optimized. And Mark II, like, as I said, it will have uh, four doors, higher ground clearance, but still, you know, we are not, uh, it will still share its uh, fundamental DNA with Mark I. And uh, yeah, uh, many things like the lights, for example, they would be optimized. Gotcha. And there are also, uh, there are many uh, areas which go in the back end. So, for example, in this vehicle, you know, there are, uh, uh, there are heat exchangers uh, mount, uh, for, uh, air, for the air conditioning systems mounted uh, behind uh, these grills. So if you look at this uh, intake and this entire slot, so apart from the aesthetics, these parts are also serving to add uh, certain uh, functionality to it. And uh, for Mark II, of course, uh, the backend systems, we are also, you know, uh, we are trying to extract the most efficiency out of them. We are trying to make them smaller. So yeah, th these things would definitely have an impact. So bottom line is the Mark II is going to be similar it's not going to be a completely different vehicle, but there's going to be a lot of changes that are going to happen between the Mark I and the Mark II. Yeah. So you, you guys obviously have a lot of work to do between now, the beginning of 2021, and I guess the end of 2021, which is when you're planning on releasing the Mark II. Right. Um, what all needs to happen between now and then for this, for this vehicle to actually be launched uh, in a couple of the cities here in India? So right now, a lot of uh, testing uh, is uh, going on in the back end. And uh, of course, like as uh, we uh, test things, some minor uh, ECNs do happen, uh, uh, engineering uh, changes, upgrades. And uh, also we are working uh, with a lot of our uh, vendors uh, with whom uh, we will be manufacturing uh, these parts and uh, assembling uh, these parts. As well. And just uh, sort of touching again on these these vendors, as you were describing, uh, I know this is the this is the Mark One, which is probably there's maybe different parts that are involved, maybe perhaps different vendors, but specifically talking about the Mark Two, I just want to really, really explore this topic or like uh, make sure that it's clear. Uh, two questions: one, approximately what percentage of it will be the Mark Two will be made in India and designed in India, created in India? and what percentage of it will be from outside of India? And the second question is, is there any part of the vehicle that's made in China? So uh, to answer your first question, so more than 80% of this vehicle is being uh, built locally, like body and weight, suspension, wheels, tires, and paint. The battery packs, uh, we are building them uh, like uh, uh, in Bangalore itself. In-house, yeah. In-house. And uh, secondly, uh, to answer your second question, uh, 
honestly speaking in today's world it is and for mark 2 there there are uh, some uh, components which are being uh, built in china so it's not necessary that uh, these vendors are uh, fundamentally from china but you know like today uh, china is kind of unbeatable when it comes to uh, costs for the vendors or you know it, it is the manufacturing hub today and so yeah unfortunately or fortunately there are uh, a few parts which are uh, you know the factories located in china so sure. can't help it <laughs> okay yeah but i just wanted to get that out there so that there's no confusion with people so this this does sort of like this is a this is a controversial topic and a lot of people just hate the fa you know if you if you say that any part of the vehicle is made in china people are going to be upset about that right so i wanted to sort of address that or kind of like delve into into the why like what what you know why did you guys decide to do that i know you'd said price um and but i think there's a lot of indian vehicle manufacturers who who source parts from china right you're not the only ones uh probably you're 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 not even in the in the minority right i think this is like a majority thing where people are getting stuff made in china all the time right so you know i really wanted to know why is that so today like uh, whenever when when you say that you want to build a ev in india so you know it's not there are a lot of uh, uh, specific parts that need to be uh, taken care of and uh, those parts they take a certain amount of time to develop and to test and to validate and to start producing so it does you know like uh, this this is one of the main uh, uh, reasons like uh, as, as per me uh, that you know it is available uh, right there it is available at a reasonable uh, price and you know each oem also pays a certain uh, price for these parts and yeah so that is the way it works but definitely down the line it is and i see it uh, already happening so a lot of uh, indian vendors and uh, indian vendors are uh, pushing for uh, a lot of uh, technologies specific to evs to be built uh, in india and uh, down the line i also see a very good uh, opportunity for indian vendors to uh, you know there is going to be a huge demand pravek others you know the whole world is transitioning into uh, electric vehicles so definitely there is going to be a huge demand and uh, we need to uh, we do need to buckle up our uh, uh, manufacturing capacities in india engineering and design is good like that is you know phenomenal but uh, things need to be made here and but the the question that that sort of begs the question of like why aren't they being made here right and and i think what i would ask based on what you said is like um what what's stopping you guys right from from building some of these things because i know you described sort of the the fact that it's maybe maybe it's expensive right or maybe it takes too much time maybe you guys don't have the resources at, at this stage to actually create these systems and these like sort of sub products right you maybe like it's a a specific part of the battery maybe it's a specific part of the seat belt system maybe it's you know whatever it is right is is that mainly why you guys haven't you've decided instead to to outsource these products instead of building them in house so in fact most of these products uh, we are in fact uh, so if we talk about the battery packs for example so we are building uh, the entire battery packs in house they are 100% made in india it's just the cells that are from outside yeah and cells are not from uh, china and uh, there are uh, certain aspects like you know uh, there are uh, certain uh, connectors which are used utilized in evs they might be uh, uh, 
sourced uh, out of China. And it's just that, you know, the brand might be, the vendor might be uh, American or Korean or, but it so happens that their manufacturing line, it is based out of China because, you know, China is already a huge market for them. And of course, down the line, uh, you know, localization of parts is something which we are uh, very, very uh, serious about. But sometimes you do have to look at it from the time versus uh, uh, your timeline. Uh. All right. Well, hey, it's been a really long and amazing journey so far. I guess a decades-long journey up until this point. But this is really, I feel like this is really just the start in a way, right? So much has happened up to, to get you guys to this point. Um, but the Mark II is really, in my, in my view, it's sort of like the real start of Praveg Dynamics becoming like a name that Indian people actually know and a name that people talk about, right? So I'm really Absolutely. excited to actually get to the point where I'm seeing Mark IIs on the roads of India. I'll be walking down the street and I see one passing me by and, or even, you know, taking a ride in one someday soon. So um, that's what I'm really looking forward to. I'm sure you're, you're also looking forward to that day. Yep. <laughs> but uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to share the specifically the product story of Praveg. How did you guys actually get to this point? And I wish you guys all the best uh, moving forward. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great yes. to have you here. Definitely.